Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp. And today I'd like to welcome a guest into the show who is an expert in the field of B2B technology copywriting. Her copy has helped her clients to skyrocket the response rates, clearly communicate complex messages, and as she likes to put it, turn skeptical B2B tech buyers into your best customers. So Rachel Foster, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a, thanks for the invite. Yeah. I hope I did your um you know, you, you some justice with that introduction, but yeah, I'm, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on the show, Rachel. So let's uh, let's get things started. Um, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and also how you got into copywriting. I'm pretty sure there's an interesting um, backstory there. <laughs> sure. So um, so I've been doing uh, B2B tech copywriting. I launched my business, uh, Fresh Perspective Copywriting, in 2009. And um so I'm based out of Toronto, and I'm originally from the States, from the uh, Niagara Falls, Buffalo area. And I moved to uh, Toronto in 2007 after I married my Canadian husband. And so I was just kind of, you know, looking for something to do, and I was trying to find some work. And I ended up getting a job that just was not <laughs> was not a good fit for me, to say the least. There's a big story. Okay. I, I won't go into everything. but um, no problem. So I ended up um, going to see a life coach and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, because I had spent um, three years prior to moving to Canada as a proposal writer for an architectural firm, uh, she suggested that I try freelance copywriting. And so um, at first I was hesitant because I, I didn't see myself like going into business and trying to sell and uh, doing all of that. And um, and she said, oh, I don't know, I think I'd be really good at it. So I ended up hearing about a uh, a course that um, a local B2B copywriter, Steve Salonwhite, was um, posting on how to get started as a freelance mm-hmm. copywriter. And I went to it. And um, after that was sold, I was like, okay, I'm all in. I'm going for it. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the rest, as they say, is history, right? Yeah. Well, after that, I was actually fortunate enough to get a grant from the province of Ontario, a business startup yeah. grant. And so I did three months of business development training and I really, uh, a business plan and had that approved. And uh, that's officially when I started in 2009. That's such a great story, Rachel. And, and you know what? We, we do have one thing in common because I also married a Canadian. <laughs> 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 yeah. And uh, we, we, we met um, out in Shanghai in China many years ago and uh, we moved back to Toronto, um, you know, shortly after we got married. So um, that's a fantastic story. Um, Talk to us about a recent project that you've been working on that's, you know, that's gotten you really excited and motivated. Sure. So I've been working with the company for a little over a year now, and they do um, uh, asset performance monitoring technology. And um, so when they brought me on as a, a copywriter um, after their branding, after they worked with the branding agency. And so I've been w- working with them yeah. for the past year, doing everything from their website to a whole ton of white papers, case studies, uh, email sequences, and it's been really exciting to work with them as they grow. And since I've been working with them, they've expanded out their marketing team and um, and, and they've just been trying to get into new areas. And so that's been really exciting. That sounds like a ton of work. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's, that's clearly to your advantage, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy all of it. 
That's great. Rachel, let's have a conversation about a field, um, you know, that you've built your career and expertise upon. And, you know, that's uh, namely B2B tech copywriting. Yeah. So we all know it's one thing to write good copy, but writing effective uh, copy for B2B tech that engages and converts, that's an entirely different beast. Right. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about some of the challenges that you've seen, you know, through the years um, when it comes to B2B tech copywriting. So I think that one of the biggest issues that, that B2B tech companies struggle with is making their copies so it resonates with their buyers. You know, a lot of time tech stuff can come across as boring. And um, especially if you're selling to not just an IT person, um, you know, a lot of B2B tech companies also sell to business buyers. So it's yeah. having that copy that resonates with both the IT and the business buyer. Right. Right, exactly. But you know, um, no, that's that that's it. That's exactly it. You know, like um, you, you know, writing it in such a way that it's uh, you know, that it's uh, not not just resonating with the target audience, but also making it interesting. But like, you know, what's your secret sauce? Like, you know, how do you how do you take this? Um, I would say like comp rather complex um information and and you know converting that into copy that you know not 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 just um copy that people will actually want to read, but, you know, it will actually get them to engage with uh, said company and their products and services, respectively. So I always believe that uh, copywriting is half about writing skills and half about your process. Mm. So it's all about the process of getting that information. And um, one of my favorite parts of a project is when I have tons of information that I've collected from my clients, either through interviews or through data or through voice of customer research. And yeah. I have it all, and it's just everywhere, and I start to feel a little bit overwhelmed, you know, thinking, how is this all going to come together? But then I take that information, and I start to organize it into an outline. So I'll take all the, for example, if the customer has a quote about a result that they achieved, I'll put that with the results. If they're talking about the challenges, I'll put that with the challenges. And then I'll see how the messaging starts to come together. And that's a very exciting part of writing the copy for me. Right. It almost sounds like you're you're trying to put together like a um a five thousand piece puzzle, right? In order to like paint this uh, paint this beautiful picture somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely about getting starting out with the you know the sketch of you know what you may want to achieve and then bringing yeah. it all together. Indeed, indeed. So so tell me, in your professional opinion, um, like you, you know you, you you've um, you've alluded to it in the past couple of minutes, but what do you believe is necessary? Um, you know, when you're developing and crafting uh, B2B tech copy, and specifically when it comes to developing copy for, as you said, websites, um, email, um, I would imagine also white papers and case studies. Yeah, so I think the first thing you have to do is you have to make sure that your copy aligns with your readers. So you have to know who, who you're writing to, what is their role, um, what challenges do they face, what are their goals, um, and in particular, over the past year, the challenges that they had two years ago may not be what they're dealing with now. And um, so right. you have to think about that. How have their challenges changed over the past year and how could you better support them? And um, you also have to think about, you know, where your buyers are in the sales cycle. So you'll speak differently to somebody who is just educating themselves about their problem versus somebody who is already familiar with your company and your solutions. So if I'm writing a web page or, or really writing anything, I need to determine where the readers are starting from and you know, how much they know about your company 
and then where you want them to go, because the copy is all going to be about getting them to go from where they are to that next step. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's definitely some great advice. Um, tell me this, Rachel, like how important do you think, um, you know, because you're, you, you were referring to like, um, you know, that it was important to understand um, who it is you're developing or writing this copy for. How important do you believe it is to develop, um, you know, target personas in order to like, you know, be able to craft that copy properly? Yeah, it's definitely important to understand who your personas are. So if you haven't done um, buyer personas and profiles, you know, it's a good idea to uh, to get to those first before you start diving into your copy. Otherwise, um, the copy is not going to work. Um, and then, and then research it just plays a huge part in in writing copy because um you know it's a lot of people think they'll, they'll read something and they'll say oh that sounds good but mm-hmm. you know it's not whether the copy works doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter how good you think it sounds it matters what your readers think about it so um, you want to collect as right. much information about your customers as possible right right. And, and I mean, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because on the topic of market research, um, and especially in not 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 just I mean, this isn't just a, a situation that's unique to B2B alone. I mean, you can you, you know you also have this in, in B2C. But like, um, tell us about like you know what what what's your technique or what are your what's your process in terms of like how you filter through copious amounts of information in order to craft the right content in B2B tech. So um, you always want to have the voice of customer data. So any testimonials, reviews, uh, survey results. And uh, one of the things that I like to do in copy is actually mirror the exact language that your customer uses uh, back to them when they read when they read your copy. That way you know yeah. that you're hitting on the pain points that they struggle with and the things yeah, that matter the most to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that, that, that's absolutely uh, that's absolutely right. So, in, in other words, like when the customer or the said target audience reads that, they it, it not just resonates with them, but they say like, "Hey, that 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 sounds like me. That sounds like the the the, the problems that I'm having." Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, you've been in this industry for about eleven years, right? If I'm not mistaken. So, talk about some of the changes that you've seen, um, you know, across the B two B tech landscape and how you think um, B two B marketers should evolve with these changing dynamics? Yeah, so uh, things have changed a lot in the past 11 years. Um, one of the most important things I've seen is probably the rise of the um, empowered B2B buyer. So buyers are doing their own research now, and I think it's they're 70-something percent through their sales cycle before they talk to a salesperson. Wow, so, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. your, co- your copy is your sales rep, and um, they're going to be interacting a lot with your, your website and your thought leadership. So that really has to help you stand out. Right. That's exactly it. Um, and, 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 and any other changes that you've seen in terms of, um, in, in terms of the, the content and how, uh, or, or for example, like how the copy has evolved? Um, yeah. So I think in the past few years, there's been a rise of, of something called conversion copywriting. Mm-hmm. So um, copywriting has always been about getting customers to take action or to convert but a few years ago, copy hackers uh, developed a term called conversion copywriting, and they built a process around that, which I've studied um, through them. So that process, which basically involves getting tons of research and data before you be- begin the uh, copywriting process. Right, right. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? 
If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. When you started out the year, you had a plan. <laughs> and then COVID happened, <laughs> followed by a lockdown, followed by everything that went on with the economy. So, um, you know, talk to us about some of the things that you've had to do in order to, I would say, strategically shift your business in order to ensure um, that there's a certain degree of continuity. Yeah, so I've been really fortunate that I've, I was, I already worked from home, I have a home office. And so I had everything in place um, before that started. And, um, but one of the things that I did this past year was I actually cut back on the number of clients that I work with, um, just, you know, with everything going on, just the built up stress of this past year, I just preferred to work with just a few people. Um, so I have a few long-term clients and I really like this a lot better than working with too many clients at one time because I could spend more time getting to know my clients and then actually thinking about the strategy behind the copy and feeling more present when I'm, when I'm working for them. Right. Right. As opposed to like, you know, having to deal with multiple clients with, uh, multiple deadlines and multiple deliverables and you're trying to juggle each one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's too much. I think. I'm at the point now where I'm um, ready to take on one more client because I've kind of just, I guess, gotten used to things. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a lot better just, just, just to focus. So my, I think my theme yeah. for the past year has been simplification. Yeah. Sounds like you're in a pretty, um, I, w I wouldn't say perfect, but it, it seems like an, um, a, a bit of an ideal situation, right? Where you, um, you know, you've, you've, you've got enough, uh, you've got enough work to keep you going and now you're ready to take on take on a bit more i mean it's not something that everybody can can say is uh you know something normal especially during during this period right yeah yeah it's been, it's been very difficult for 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 lots of people yeah indeed indeed um speaking of which um you know like the pandemic has clearly affected and disrupted multiple industries across the globe and you know your field is no exception right so talk to us about some of the changes that you've seen um as a result of you know the lockdown and tell us about your three top predictions uh, moving forward uh, when it comes to B2B tech copywriting. Yeah. So um, I've been following um, CompTIA uh, the past year and they send out monthly newsletters that talk about the state of, of, of technology companies uh, during the pandemic. And they have all kinds of data on how tech companies have been impacted. And um, for the most part, um, it's, they said that 84% of tech firms have seen an increase in new business opportunities, in particular SaaS, cybersecurity, um, moving from on-premise to the cloud. All of those areas are, are doing pretty well. And one of my clients, actually, um, they help um, people work remotely. So they've been, they've been really yeah. good at shifting their positioning over the past year to focus on those uh, aspects of their business. And, um, yeah. and, and I've been doing a lot of work for them. And, um, but however, despite that, um, 58% of the tech companies said that the customers are canceling or postponing their contracts. Mm. So sales cycles are getting longer. And, yeah. um, I think one of the things is like is, uh, a lot of customers are cutting back to just the essentials. So if they, they've been in the sales deal with you and they think it's nice, um, but they don't think it's a must have, they won't, they won't purchase. So that's something that tech companies need to do is they need to position themselves as a must-have instead of just a nice-to-have. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and, uh, you know, thank you for um, 
sharing that um, those are very relevant observations. Um, in fact, I had a guest on the uh, show a couple of weeks back who was, who's an expert in cybersecurity, and he did mention that, you know, as a result of the pandemic over the past uh, 12 months or so, the um, the incidents of cyber attacks um, in, here in Canada and also in the United States have gone up uh, considerably. And a lot of that is um, attributed to the fact that everybody is working uh, mainly, spending a lot of time online. A lot of uh, companies are still working uh, remotely. Um, you've got huge uh, teams, you know, that are still working uh, from home. And these uh, employees still need to uh, somehow access uh, confidential uh, information or data um, via their internal network. So definitely there's the whole need of like setting up the relevant IT infrastructure to make sure that, you know, the operation still um, works uh, seamlessly, right? And, you know, also to the observation about uh, sales cycles being longer. Um, yeah, that's that's certainly true. And but I've also read, um, you know, in some sectors, uh, while while in some sectors marketing budgets have been reduced, in others, um, in the B two B sectors, um, you know, some of them have slowly started to roll back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but I think despite that, I was reading something yesterday. I can't remember who it was from, but it ba they basically said the marketing budgets um, have been pretty mm -hmm. stable um, going right. into twenty twenty one. Okay. Um, Rachel, this is my this is one of my favorite parts of the interview. Um, it's uh, you know, there's in every field of expertise, and you know, B two B tech copywriting is certainly no exception. There's a few uh, commonly held beliefs or conventional wisdom, or you know, things where people say, "Oh well, you know, that's just the way we've been doing it, like for so many years," and you know, that's it. That that's you know, you just gotta accept that. So, talk to us about one such belief when it comes to B two B tech copywriting that you strongly disagree with and why i uh one of the things i strongly disagree with is that is that uh, you need to tell your readers everything about your product um yeah you know you might be selling to it people who love technology and learning about all the features and all the cool things you have but they may not necessarily need to know everything right off yeah. the bat. And <laughs> so, you know, pare it down. Just, just focus on, you know, what stage of the sales cycle are they in and what do they need to know yeah, at exactly. this point? Exactly. Uh, I mean, is that, I, I, I don't know, ponder me this. Do you, do you think that it's a it's a general, like, um, issue in B2B? Because, I've you know, I've, I've seen that happen many times over where people just get tempted to reveal everything, right? Yeah, I think it's an issue, especially if you um, have uh, get a lot of the more people who are involved with approving the copy, the more bloated it's going to get. So, it, you know, people in the marketing teams, they they typically know this, but then sometimes yeah. they might need somebody from the sales team to uh, take a look at it and approve it. Sure. The salesperson wants to put in everything and then the SEO person right. needs to get all these keywords in. And there's just there's just too many people looking at it. And then the more yeah. people who look at it, um, it's the old decision gets. by committee approach, huh? <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. you could almost compare it to, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You could almost compare it to a teaser trailer for a movie. I mean, like, would you go on <laughs> if you saw a 20 minute te teaser trailer? Then what's the point of watching the movie, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You exactly. Everything and, and it's the same to a, to a certain degree. I mean, of course, depending on what um what medium you're referring to, but even even something like a website, for instance, right? I mean, there's no need to reveal. Uh, or provide copious amounts of information about the product on the website because you got to give people a reason 
to go and contact the sales and prompt them to act. Right. That that's what the call. Uh, what that's what the call to action is there for. Yeah, and another issue is that yes. tech companies typically have several buyers, so they'll be the tech person. And they'll be the business person and sometimes the finance person. Yeah. And all these people want to know different things. So you can't put everything all on one page because exactly. it's just going to be too exactly. much and too confusing. Name one thing that you think people should start doing and one thing that you think people should stop doing when it comes to B2B tech copywriting. So I'm going to go back to um, something I learned when I went through um, okay my business development program way back in 2009, sure. but I think it's still relevant today. And so during our, our sales class, um, a lot of us new entrepreneurs were really hesitant about sales sales because we thought it was sleazy. We mm-hmm. could you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross and everything. So our sales um, instructor had little magnets that he gave us and not only mm-hmm. said, stop selling, start helping. So that's something I think is still relevant uh, today. So instead of, you know, focusing on the sale and, you know, uh, calling somebody two yeah. seconds after they download your white paper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, focus on uh, educating them and, and and helping them, and you could do that through your your thought leadership content and your and your website copy and and pretty much all of your. So you mean there's none of that? Content. Like, okay, um, you know, are you are you open to jumping onto a 50 minute demo? Here's the link to my Calendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a time and a place for it, but uh, I did a. I went to a um, a session where some tech buyers were right. talking about what they thought about tech marketing, and some of the IT pros on the panel actually said that after they download the white paper, Lilla, oh, they yeah. won't answer yeah, their yeah, phone yeah. for the I next hour. That. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially on you know in the in the current economic climate, you know where um I I mean even even under normal circumstances um you know. People are pressured to like hit their sales targets, but even more so in a climate where not everybody is buying. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, you know, this has been such a great session. Um, you know, what's the best way for people out there to connect with you? Sure. You could um, connect with me on right. LinkedIn, just uh, Rachel Foster. And then um, my website is mm-hmm. freshperspectivewriting.com. And I have a blog there um, that I, I publish to maybe about once a month. And then I also have various B2B marketing resources. Rachel, this has been such an interesting and informative session. I, I really do hope that the listeners uh, not only took notes, but I hope that they will walk away from this interview having learned a thing or two about um, copywriting for B2B tech. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.